Are you tired of your valuable ideas and suggestions getting lost in the shuffle? Well, that is why I'm introducing Direct Suggest, the revolutionary digital suggestion box that puts your voice front and center. With Direct Suggest, you have the power to make a difference in your organization. Direct Suggest provides value to organizations in various industries worldwide, including notable brands like Comcast, TD Bank, and Nokia. And here's the best part. Direct Suggest only costs 50 cents per employee per month, making it an affordable solution for businesses of all sizes. Plus, they have an incredibly high ROI and savings potential with an average 33 times return on investment. The implementation process is also a breeze. Once committed, setting up Direct Suggest from start to finish can be completed in as quickly as a week or less. Don't let your ideas or your team's ideas go unnoticed. Visit directsuggest.com today and start by making a difference with Direct Suggest. Use the promo code HUMANHR for your extended 60-day free trial. Again, visit directsuggest.com to learn more and remember to use promo code HUMANHR for an extended free trial. Direct Suggest, where your voice matters. Welcome to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast. I'm Tracy Chernoff, and I've spent my entire professional career in HR. Each week, we'll explore the delicate balance between people and business with the aim to reconnect the two and create meaningful outcomes. Listen in as I share my own experiences, challenge the status quo, and chat with guests from various industries about our mission to bring the human back to human resources. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here for another week. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. This week, we're going to be talking about a topic that comes up so often in my DMs and my emails. Should I look for another job? When do I look for another job? Is this the right time to look for another job? So I'm not going to be talking about this alone. I have Vivian Garcia Tunan with me, who is the founder of VGT People Advisory, which helps founders and senior executives achieve their biggest career goals and corporate objectives by working with them to identify and resolve areas that are limiting their performance and that of their team. She's worked with over 1,800 individuals, including Fortune 500 executives and 30-plus startups. With almost two decades of experience, Vivian had a successful career as an HR leader within financial services, private equity, and investment banking before starting her company. Throughout her career, she has helped build high-performing teams and fast-paced growth organizations. She's an expert in all things related to talent acquisition, performance in teams, growth, including mergers and acquisitions, and diversity. Vivian has also done extensive studying on organizational cultures and design, leadership, and change management. Vivian, welcome to the podcast. So glad to have you here. These are some important topics we're going to cover today. Thank you so much, Tracy. I'm so excited to chat with you. Yes. Oh my gosh. Same. And it is kind of nice to know that we actually probably could have recorded in person if we wanted to, since we're both on Long Island. But at the end of the day, <laughs> that is okay. I think we are just reinserting this belief and and acknowledging that, you know, the workforce has changed and remote can happen even if you are within the same, uh, you know, area as someone. So that was just a random reflection I just had. Absolutely. Remote works. You just got to have to find a way to make it work. So That's, we are doing it. Yes, we're doing it. We're doing it. Well, like I said in the intro, I get so much outreach about this, really this just general topic around when is a good time for someone to move their jobs, change jobs, make a change, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, sometimes people are saying that they have you know, an issue that's come up, something that's like disgruntling to them, something that they don't appreciate. And so now they're at this point where they're like, okay, I can't take it anymore. Is now, should I, should I try and figure this out or should I move? 
So desperation can creep in very quickly. Absolutely. It really, it really <laughs> can. I think I know I have been there before. Yeah. Um, but when so I know that I know what you are going to say, but can you share with the listeners when is the right time for someone to make a job change and you know, kind of why, why it's the right time? Yeah. I mean, I think um, people come to me at all phases in the job search and kind of looking for my perspective on it. Um, what I have seen is in those moments that you described, when when you are disgruntled and unsatisfied, you're making uh, less uh, strong decisions for yourself. And so the reason why I say you should be looking for a job when you're happy and satisfied is because you're going to make better decisions. Mm -hmm. You can choose to be selective. You can choose to only interview for certain jobs that are really exciting and really important. You can be a lot more discerning. To me, when desperation comes into the job hunt, it doesn't look sexy. Let's be mm. clear. People can taste it. It's palpable. And it doesn't, it's not your best reflection of yourself. And so oftentimes when people come to me in that state, we have a process of like rejuvenating them to believe that they're good enough, they're strong enough, and yes, they can get a job that they're going to be even better qualified for, but the emotional hurdles of getting there takes a lot more time than when you're confident, satisfied, and you can choose kind of something better than where you are. Um, so that that's kind of my take on why looking when things are good is a great opportunity. Right, absolutely. I'm reflecting here on not only my own experience, I think I might have shared this with you when we first spoke. And for the listeners who have been here for a little while, they know that um, over a year ago, really, I guess it was almost a year and a half, two years ago, I was in a position where I started a new job. And within like a month, I was like, oh boy, this is bad. This is really bad. And I was desperate yep. to leave. But I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to just leave. Like I have to find the right ne the next best thing. And where I am now is that next best thing. But I was so focused on not making this like emotional rash decision. I ended up leaving after three months. And I also came to a company that I had known where people I, I you know, I knew people on the inside. So it wasn't like this random thing. But I, I can't remember exactly if I had shared this on that episode where I reflected on why I quit my job in within less than three months. But in reflecting on it now, like I definitely know that there was some element of an emotional, you know, involvement there. And I actively tried to remove my emotions from making decisions, but it's really hard. Like, I don't know what I, what, what job I would have found myself in after that. If I didn't find like the current company that I'm in where I knew people and this was a company I knew and I had worked with before, because then you just end up going from like one bad situation to another bad situation. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think, uh, kind of, I remember you sharing uh, that example of kind of your reflection of leaving after three months. I always say, you know, when you know, and it's, and if you know, in one month, it's okay to leave, right. leave on your terms when you are empowered and you feel good about yourself. The more time you spend in a toxic environment, the more you start questioning and doubting yourself. And again, you start making bad decisions. Being able to just like rip the bandaid and run to the, like run out of a place that is not healthy and good for you 
gives you the faith and trust in yourself to make good decisions going forward. So Mm -hmm. yes, the emotional piece of being in a toxic environment or being in an environment that just doesn't match your values. It doesn't matter. We don't need to Mm -hmm. label it as toxic, but like Mm -hmm. when you know, you know, and the easier you can walk away, the better off everyone is. Um, It is a hard lesson because societally we've said like, you can't have a job without a job. You can't do all these, like all these rules we've come up with. Right. Again, like they don't really benefit us as individuals. Um, And actually they end up harming us more in the end. It's true. And you know, this, I always give credit to Gen Z always whenever this comes up because Gen Z has pushed the envelope on what is a societal norm. They're like, Oh, this job isn't going to give me work-life balance. All right, I'm out. And they do not think twice about it. Whereas my generation, my parents' generation and other generations before mine are totally not that is not the muscle memory that we have, that we've used year over year over year in our lives. It's just, there is this expectation that you don't go without a job. And I, I, I mean, this is the reason why I didn't leave that job before having another job. And I recently, just because this is so relevant to our discussion today, had a friend call me because he is basically you know, super not a super unhappy in the job that he's in. He said the values are just not aligned and there are some legal issues that he was concerned with. And he was like, I'm just going to leave. And I was like, you do whatever you want to do. The best advice that I have for you is to make sure you're not making a decision with your emotions and instead that you are making a decision based on your logic and what works for you. And initially when I heard him say, I'm just going to leave, I had like a reaction of like, don't do that. Don't do that. You don't have like, just wait. But I really commended him for really kind of just sticking to his guns and knowing exactly what he wants and just not being afraid of having that downtime to find the right thing with, because there is a removal of emotion when you're not in that environment anymore. Yep. And I think one thing that you mentioned that I want to stress is listening to yourself. At the end of the day, you know what's best for you. He knows what's best for him. And like the faster you can align to those actions that are best for you, no one around you is going to know what's best for you except for you. Your inner voice is screaming, get out, get out. (laughs) Like this is not for you. And the more you can listen and align on that, the easier things get. But yes, everyone around you is going to tell you, oh my gosh, the fear. No, you can't do it. How's it going to work? I mean, it happened to me when I was leaving my very secure job to build this business. Everyone around me was like, what are you doing? Career suicide. (laughs) Literally people said career suicide. And I was like, what? I'm like, nope, I got to listen to what's inside. Like I'm clear. I, I have a different path. And again, I'm going to figure it out. It might not be the way that we all think it's going to happen, um, but it's worked out. And you yeah. really have to trust and find people around you that are going to trust and listen to what your inner voice is saying and support you yeah. rather than their projections on 
what right, they their think own you fears. should do. Exactly, exactly. Their own fears are going to come out loud and right. clear. And you know what ha- What happens, and I'm sure this happened with you now that you have this successful business that you've built, people are probably like, wow, I wish that I could have done that. I wish that of I could course. do that. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. I'm like, Why but at the you time you were shitting on me. Like, that wasn't right. so cool. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah, it's an interesting journey. And it, it really is finding the right, tribe and people that are going to support you. And I think even with your job search, you said the same thing. Like you had a very supportive husband that was like, yes, instrumental in making sure that you did exactly what was best for you. It's true. And it, and if I'm being really honest, he was also totally tired of me complaining about the situation. <laughs> I was in. So he well, was like, too. like, yeah, some action. Like, yeah. And, and, you know, this is the thing that I was saying to that my friend and I were talking about when he called me is that these environments or these jobs where we feel stuck, where we feel like we're not our best selves, it's not a values fit or alignment or whatever, toxic, whatever yeah. phrase we want to attribute to it. It does seep into your, every, your entire world. And for, th- I mean, I remember I had, we had just gotten married and here I was like so excited. I had this new job with like a shiny new salary and I was so excited and I was like, this is great. And then I was like, this is horrible. And <laughs> like in the flip of a, like a literally like the flip of a hat. And, um, you know, my husband, yeah, he was like, just, just find something else. Like this is not going to work. And it's so interesting because there are, you know, there are uh, thought leaders out there and there are articles out there today or these days where people are advising, like, dissociate from your job. Like, it's, you know, leave things at the door. Don't care so much. If you care less, these things won't infiltrate your entire world. But then the on the other side of things and I talk about this all the time on the podcast is that you should care about what you're doing and especially when you're in HR if you don't care about what you're doing you are taking up very valuable space for someone who otherwise would care so I get the you know part of me can subscribe to this like dissociate be okay leaving things at the door don't take it home with you you're not saving lives unless you are because there are people who are saving lives in their work Um, and then I see this other side which is you know, you should be passionate about what you do. It should be fulfilling. You should care enough that if something happens or something goes wrong or someone's upset about something that you care enough to help solve that. So I don't know if you have thoughts on that or, you know, if you've even read some of these things recently and have a reflection. So I definitely have an opinion on this one. Um, and, and I think I, I've gone through my own journey. So I've gone through my own personal journey where my job was my identity. Like that was what I, that was where I put all my eggs in one basket. And yes, my heart was there. I was passionate, but the rest of my life wasn't in balance. And I think that's where I come to with it. And what I'm seeing with, from a lot of leaders and a lot of kind of organizations is I think COVID um, had many different positive impacts on the workforce and kind of specifically for employees to really feel empowered and really start reflecting on what's best for them. But I think at the end of the day, it's how do we find balance in every piece of our life? Um, So I think when your heart needs to be in what you do, and I think it's always a reflection when your heart isn't in it, you're not happy. Like 
And the statistics, all the Gallup surveys that come out about people not being happy in their job, guess what? It's because you're not listening to yourself. Like, yeah. this isn't where you want to be. This doesn't light you up. Um, so I do think it's it starts with knowing what you want and being happy um, and, and kind of following your passion uh, and then being balanced in that it isn't the one area that defines you. Just like right. like everyone has many different areas of their lives that they need to prioritize right. and work as one piece. Does right. that does that make sense? Does that yeah, resonate? Yeah, absolutely. I'm wondering, you know, now that you have, you know, this experience of leaving a quote unquote corporate job for to work for yourself and create something right from nothing. Yeah. yeah. Do, mm-hmm. Would you say that you're happy? happier or you're happy all the time? Like, is there still, or is that there's still that relevance of, you know, things ebb and flow and you're going to be frustrated by things. And that's like a normal part of life. So I love that question and I love talking about it. So, um, I believe I am the happiest I've ever been in my life. Um, that's fabulous. Was it because of my job? Not at all. It was because the personal journey that I went on to ensure that I was going to be happy and my personal inner work of making sure that everything I was experiencing, creating in my experience was actually fulfilling. So it wasn't an easy journey. Don't get me wrong. Building a business, it is like looking in the mirror every day at things that you don't like and learning how to fix them. Like it is, it is quite an, quite an experience. However, nine years in, looking back on it, um, I am so happy with the balance I've created in my life, the areas of my life that didn't have enough attention, and work continues to be one of the things that brings me a lot of joy, um, and it's not the only one. At one point, it might have been the only one. Not so good, but hey. We're all a work in progress, so we all figure it out. Well, thank you for sharing that. I I realize I put you and your and everything on the hot seat with that question. No, I take it. I I welcome the hot seat always. (laughs) (laughs) It's great to hear because you know I I think that life. I say this all the time. Life is not without without adversity. Like there's always going to be an up and down. When you own your own business, there's no one that you can default onto. And when, when you are leading, when you're in the, at the executive level, there's really no one that you can default onto like there. And, and when you are just starting out in your career, you have all this pressure to figure it out and be this amazing version of yourself. So no matter where you are, you kind of will always have this ebb and flow, I would imagine. So one thing I want to clarify is you're not always alone. Um, and I think that's something that we need to destigmatize. I think we always have people in our court supporting us and willing that's to help point. us on the journey in any way, shape or form. Um, and I think we can feel alone at times and we can create that isolation and like, this is my journey and I have to figure it out my way. And like I, that actually, I think, um, I felt like that a lot in my career. Um, and that was my ego saying that I had to create, like, mm. that I couldn't ask for help. At this point, I'm like, hey, can I learn from you? Can I learn from you? Can I, can I learn from you? So, and I think even at the C-suite, I mean, C-suite leaders need support. I work with them on a daily basis. They're not alone. 
we're in the trenches talking about what's working, what's not working and how to make it better. And like that perception that we all have to do it alone is, is a fallacy that is actually hurting us more than it's helping mm. us. I often say, I, I was at a dinner party the other day and my friend was like, so uh, do pe how does your business grow? And I'm like, it grows because people refer me um, based on good experiences. And he was like, I'm like, sometimes it's like the biggest secret. I'm like, oh my gosh, Vivian helped me with this. And I'm like, I hate it. Like, let's all admit that we need help and we can grow and we can be better. And like, it doesn't need to be this little secret that someone told someone to, to get better. Um, this so is what I, makes I just, you a great coach because well, you're absolutely <laughs> right. You're absolutely right. I just contributed to the stigma that we have to break that that people are not alone and there and and that actually the even the further you climb, the more support you need because of this stigma, right? Abs and it, you weren't contributing to it. I just <laughs> again, I'm so uber sensitive to it because I'm like, the, I, I've lived it for so long myself. Yeah. And it, we need to break it down. Like there's the more we can help people see that we can ask for help. We can speak our truth. We like the more we can help people see that they have more support than they realize, mm -hmm. I think is something that that's when your career just takes off because you're realizing like you have all these additional people that want to support you in your success. And it just becomes really easy. The growth of any business relies on the workforce behind it. And Namely knows that if you can wow your people, you can power your business. Namely is the all-in-one HR solution that empowers you to engage and develop your people in an intuitive platform so you can make your life easier and your employees happier. Namely's award-winning technology gives your employees the career and connections they need to truly become part of your business. Whether you have 20 or 1,000 employees, Namely handles the essential HR, payroll, and compliance needs all through their modern and integrated platform. With Namely, your team stays engaged with a seamless interface and self-service tools to request PTO, acknowledge peers, review pay stubs, and enroll in benefits, while you get the time and data you need to focus on your core business initiatives. As Namely helps you easily handle everything from onboarding, payroll, time tracking, open enrollment, employee engagement, and so much more. Make your life easier and power your business with Namely today. Learn how you can simplify your HR processes today at Namely.com. That's Namely.com. If company is remote or hybrid, then you know just how difficult it can be to grow your company's culture beyond a pre-scheduled Zoom happy hour or occasional lunch and learn. Well, this week's sponsor is here to solve that. They're called CultureBot. CultureBot has devised what will likely become the gold standard for growing and blossoming a company culture inside of Slack. The app is like a sidekick for any HR or people professional, automating a lot of the mundane tasks you probably are forgetting to do on a daily basis. Things like birthday and work anniversary celebrations, team shout outs and kudos, employee introductions, and remote games. It even has health and wellness tips and conversation starters. If that piques your interest, this will get you even more excited. Today, I'm able to share a special promotion for listeners of the podcast. You can get your first six months of CultureBot for 50% off. Plus, if your team is under 25 employees, CultureBot is free forever. So if you're looking for a way to create a culture of appreciation and drive increased engagement and togetherness across your team, I definitely recommend checking out CultureBot. Go to getculturebot.com slash humanhr. That's getculturebot.com slash humanhr to get the offer. Plus, I've added the link in the show notes so you can just click right there. Now, let's get back to the podcast.
this is so impactful, Vivian, because this also now is helping me to realize the importance of reflecting on your own experience because I am also a business owner, but I, you know, it's like my podcast. I do like resume career services and things like that, but I struggled. I really struggled to grow it. Obviously my podcast is a business now on its own, but I struggled in my own like purview because I was like, if I don't do this on my own, is it really mine? Right. Totally. And this is, you know, hello. That's like the biggest like ego, you know, speaking ever. And when my husband and I were still living in Cleveland, there's some, uh, someone that is also a coach that I'm friendly with. And I was like, you know, she's also established her own business. She's been doing this, you know, probably almost as long as you have. And I was like, let me just ask her like some questions. And I like dropped that pr pride, I guess. And I was like, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm trying to do. This is what I want to be able to do in five years. And my business was able to take off in a way that it w just wasn't happening in that same way. And so as you're saying this, and as I've reflected, you're coaching me on this podcast. Thank you. This is fabulous. <laughs> For anyone that needs a coach, you go to Vivian. It works. It works. Um, she's doing a great job. Like I'm reflecting on my own experience and I'm like, wow, wait, if it wasn't for my asking questions, reaching out for help, putting myself in a position of vulnerability and feeling a little bit of discomfort, I would not be where I am today with my business. And so this is, I don't, I didn't want to move on from this point because that's actually such an important uh, distinction and like philosophy that you've been able to share that we are not alone and we have to reflect on where we are and what we need to do and what we want to do. So important. Well, and again, we, you and I, like I, I did it with you earlier and I said, Hey, I I'm thinking about a podcast. I need to learn from me. Like, I want to learn from the best people. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm clueless. <laughs> and, and so it's us to your point, it's us being willing to be vulnerable with one another mm -hmm. and willing to share our dreams that we have with other people that are doing it is how we learn and how we build it. And so yes. doing it in our own little brains and behind closed doors and kind of our stories in our head can get really nasty <laughs> with ourselves in terms yeah. of, um, I know for me, kind of, as you mentioned, kind of the scaling and growth of the business, like, yeah, I had a lot of frustration inside of me. I had a lot of frustration that this business wasn't where I thought it should be. Guess what? When you do it all by yourself and you think you have to do it all by yourself, it's not going to get anywhere. It's going right. to stay there. That's um, right. You, have, and you have to be able to move and you have to be willing to move that energy. Yeah. Energy that's frustrated inside of you isn't going to attract more business. It's, no, definitely it, not. <laughs> just like the desperation isn't going to attract a new job. Frustration isn't going to attract new business. So, um, so true. It's so true. I'm really glad that um, I've gotten so much out of this conversation, but I also <laughs> know, um, unselfishly, I know that the listeners are going to have, I can just feel it. They're going to have this moment where they're hearing this discussion and they're like, wait a second, I've been looking at this the wrong way, or wait a second, now is the time to reach out to my mentor. Why have I not been leveraging this relationship? Um, or why have I not taken this person up on that coffee that they said that they would get with me? Um, it's so, it's so fabulous that we just had that conversation. So thank you for that, for that coaching for all of us. And actually, as we're on this topic of 
comfort and discomfort, it, it kind of creates this like parallel um, thought in my mind around what you've shared based on like when you're comfortable should be when you look for a new job. And we've just talked about now that putting yourself in a place of discomfort can be very fruitful to your career. And, you know, it's not without saying that when you are comfortable in the job that you're in, that moving to do something else does place you in a, in a position of feeling discomfort. So how does that all, how is that all relevant? And why is this your, the ethos that you kind of share that when you're comfortable, you should look for a new job? Um, so it's interesting. Um, I'm really taking time to reflect on this one because, um, I think you make better decisions when you're in a place of confidence and comfort. And so a friend of mine this weekend, and I was reflecting on a conversation I had this weekend because I was like, did I give him the right advice <laughs> based on what we're talking? So that's why I had a moment of real serious pause. Um, and he came to me and he's like, I love what I do. I'm so happy. And I was just approached by a once in a lifetime job. And, and you know what? Like, I feel like it's not the right time. And I'm like, good. You know, it's not the right time. And a once in a lifetime opportunity, let's be clear. It's going to come around 12, time, 12 more times. This isn't a once in a lifetime opportunity. It's right. the fear that someone wants to put in you that it's never going to happen. Great. No problem. But you can create something better. And so it's the moment of reflecting from a really solid place, what's going well and what could be even better. And so for him, this job was going to require a heck of a lot more travel. And right now he has a two-year-old daughter. He doesn't want to be traveling. He's like, these are the times that I want to be home. Mm. Could I do another job that requires less travel that could be more fulfilling? Yes. But so it gives you the discernment to be much more clear on what am I seeking versus what am I being given? And what I find is when people are desperate, they're going to take the crumbs of what's in front of them. Crumbs. Crumbs. And crumbs. literally. Yeah. And most people come to me and have these stories in their heads of like what the crumbs are. Oh my God, I'm going to have to take less pay. I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to work more. I'm not going to have flexibility. And it's like all of this programming that we have around how much worse your life is going to be when you take a job. But guess what? That's a lot more that we have to work on to get you to the right place. Um, mm -hmm. So to me, pushing yourself when you're comfortable is actually forcing yourself to do the inner work to reflect on what would make it even better. Why would I be willing to make a change and getting and being more discerning on like, yeah, this is a once, a, once in a lifetime opportunity. No. Like the more you can say no to things, the better. And I feel like most job seekers are often coming in or desperate, like, just give me a job, just find me a job. Like, and I'm like, please don't do that to yourself. That's not good. Yeah. Like you want something that's going to be a hell yes. And you feel comfortable saying a hell yes to, um, because guess what? Once you land that job and you're like, kind of like a maybe, but I'll take it in very little time, you're going to be ready for a new job because it wasn't the right choice. Um, and it was just kind of a stepping stone. 
so my perspective is without a doubt, have criteria of what would make you want to move and be discerning on the yeses and the noes because most people are just going to say yes because they want something better. Mm-hmm. And that better is out of desperation. Yes, it's it's really so true. And emphasis on the crumbs because when you are in a place of comfort and you are in, you know, able to reflect on what better is or what it is that you do want, if the crumbs that are being left in front of you are not ticking all of those boxes, then why would you say yes? And on top of that, you know, I think about how salesy a recruitment process has to be, right? Like you have to, you're selling someone on the job, you're selling someone on the company, you're selling someone on the experience. And candidates, in this case, these people that we're talking about who have to, you know, when they're comfortable, think about what it is that would be the next best thing for them. They have to be able to, to your point, discern when that opportunity is really hitting those targets. And again, to your point, if someone is acting out of desperation because they are now so unhappy in the job that they're in, they are going to take those crumbs. And all it's going to be is this vicious cycle unless they do figure out what is that next thing going to be and how is that going to fulfill me? Because other, again, otherwise it's the cyclical issue. Absolutely. And one thing that kind of you triggered a thought inside of me, I had this client that worked with me and she'd been without a job for a year and she came to me and she's like, I'm desperate. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, this isn't working. I'm never going to get a job. I'm never going to make more money. Like we had a lot of self-fulfilling prophecies that we were creating in the process. Um, And I got really clear with her and I was like, look, we got to shift this. We're going to do this very quickly. Here are the steps, like get crystal clear on who are the people that you can reach out to for help that are inspiring, that love you and value you and want to support you. Guess what? Those people are going to be the ones that are going to, just like your job search experience, like those are the people that are going to support you. Great. No problem. In three months, she had multiple job offers and she had doubled her past salary. It's wow. not about money. Let's be clear. It's really not about money. But she had she had made all these stories that she would never be as good as she once was. And she was able to overcome it wow. um, and get to an even better place. So wow. um, oftentimes our thoughts are the biggest limiting uh, challenges in our process as well. Yes, yes. And just before we started recording, we were talking about our mutual belief in manifesting what we want and what we believe. Absolutely. It's so (laughs) true. Like if you, you know, you see in movies or in TV shows or really just anywhere, women especially making this list of what they want in a partner. And you never really see men doing that for women, right? Or whatever partner they choose to have. But, you know, you see like, I think it even happened, honestly, on like the recent season of the Kardashians where they're like, you know, Kim Kardashian is like, this is what I want in a partner and all of these things. Right. But there is as funny as that might be that and we've all probably I've done it like definitely in high school. I was like, this is what I want in a boyfriend. Um, But anyway, my point is, is that there is some value in actually really knowing what you want. Oh, absolutely. A (laughs) hundred percent. And 
let me be clear. This business that I've created was a lot of manifestation. Like I got really clear on the type of people, the clients, all these different things. Did I know that how? Nope, not really. I, it, it, and, and I think I, I often tell clients the most important thing that they can do in their daily practice is journal. First, release all their limiting thoughts and beliefs that are holding them back. Two, celebrate the things that they're proud of. Three, express gratitude. And then four, express what they desire and what they want. Mm. So it allows you to go from doubt, disbelief, to confidence, to appreciation, to be able to get clear, and then take two steps a day to make those things happen, whatever it is. And that's how simple we can create shifts in work, in our satisfaction, and in all these different things. Um, but absolutely, I'm a firm believer of manifestation in every possible way. And it's interesting. This year, I think I've attracted a lot more clients that want to talk about that. Corporate wow. executives and leaders that are like, we got to make this easier. We got to make our lives easier. Can you help me understand manifestation and understand creation Wow! so I can create my life differently? Um, wow. So it, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because um, <laughs> Manifesting with Alignment is a book that I read this year that all of my clients keep requesting. It's on Amazon. It's a great book. Um, but I truly believe as a result of COVID, people are reflecting more on how oh, yeah. can I do things easier for myself and how can things happen for me? Um, and I, so I definitely believe um, that manifesting your next job is something you can do. There you go. You heard it here first, everybody. I agree. I <laughs> totally agree. Totally, totally agree. And you know, it doesn't even ha like when I think about the way that I manifest things, like I am, I, I do love to write. I love to read, but I don't journal. And now I'm feeling a little inspired to get a very beautiful notebook from a back to school section somewhere because now it sees the day, everybody like we're recording, we're recording in August here. It's, it is back to school season. I could find something really cute. Um, and I'm, I'm feeling inspired to maybe write things down because the way that I have manifested things is really just by saying it. And I also believe that when you say things that are negative to yourself or negative about other things, people or whatever that it doesn't doesn't work out positively so you know i try to only put out positive things but i am human um but i i love this idea of journaling i love this idea of really knowing exactly what it is that you want and coming back to this main topic that we've been discussing this throughout this recording that you make better decisions when you're in kind of like a static state when you're in a place of comfort when you're feeling stable and settled and all of these things, and you can have that, that place in your life more often than just relying on your job to help you feel that way. And of, of course, you know, you're spending more time, quote unquote, at work than, you know, in, in other parts of your life. So naturally, if you're not feeling comfortable, if you're not feeling stable at work, of course, it's going to disrupt everything else like we talked about earlier. But if you can, you know, really apply the things that you've shared, Vivian, which is to journal, to really think about and, and know exactly what you want for your next thing before it comes up, 
then you are in a place or you will be in a place where you can make that decision with, with much more confidence. And, and I think the journaling helps in getting you balanced and happy again. Mm. And, and it gets you clear on the actions of who do I reach out to? How do I reach out for help? And it gets you, and again, people may start reaching out to, to you. Like you don't, you don't always have to put all the effort into it, but right. the more you are taking time for your own reflection and clarity, the easier it all will unfold. Uh, the one thing I want to capitalize or kind of reinforce is I think when things are going well at work, we are happy. Yeah. And so when we are happy, we make better decisions. Um, and getting ourselves to a place of happiness, um, that's my number one goal, to get the workforce to a place of happiness. Like we were talking pre-show about Gallup survey, like that Gallup survey doesn't make, that That like makes me cry inside every time I see it, yeah. that people aren't feeling happy and fulfilled. So mm -hmm. I think there's a lot we can do to help people see that. And hopefully this episode will help people just a little difference um, in helping people find happiness in their jobs and then be making better decisions for themselves. I certainly think so. And actually, I think that's the perfect place for us to close because now you are manifesting what we want out of this episode <laughs> and you are helping to helping all of the listeners to manifest or feel inspired to manifest what they want and what they need. I know I am leaving our conversation today feeling tenfold um, inspired and so motivated. I, if I do decide to buy a journal, I will send you a picture and make sure that, you know, I am journaling and I'm going to do Yay! something. <laughs> so if it happens, I think, I, I think it will, because once I put it I, out, I don't in the think podcast, it's an if, I think it's, it's a, a when, when. It's Let's a when. you're hedging your bets, but you already said <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And you know, I am nothing if not committed to what I say on air, so to speak, right? Like if I say I'm going to do it, or if I'm interested or motivated or inspired by it, I'm going to do it. So I'm going to get that journal. I'm going to go to Target. <laughs> I'm going to shop the back to school section, which is like one of my favorite, most cathartic activities. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for giving me an excuse to do that. And I am going to maybe, you know, maybe what we'll have to do is we'll have to have you back on the podcast and we'll have to talk about what has happened since you know, journaling and since taking this extra step to invest in myself and for the listeners, maybe they'll go through this activity too. And they'll listen to our, you know, our next recording and have their own reflections as well. Absolutely. And they can send you any questions on how to make it even better because there at the go. end of the day, that would make me so happy to help you and help them in terms of their journaling experience and hear their successes because it's going to happen. Without a doubt, it's that simple. What I would say to you is commit, create some kind of structure around the commitment. I typically say 30 days. Okay. Just so you, and it doesn't mean every you get day. Into to, the, yeah. You just get into the flow. And most of the time our emotions get in the way and we're like judging ourselves. And we're like, <laughs> I have nothing to write about. This stinks. But just keep after writing. 30 days, keep writing. Keep going. And I'm doing it too. I'm doing it every day. So I love it. Well, Vivian, you have, you've changed my life here today and you, <laughs> you have made such an impact on the podcast. I know it already. I know the listeners are going to love this episode. Thank you so much. Where can everyone connect with you and, and, you know, potentially bring you to their, to their 
companies or get coaching with you. And, and of course, everything will be linked in the show notes as well. Anything you share. Absolutely. The easiest way is to go to my website, uh, www.vgtpeopleadvisory.com. Or you can find me on LinkedIn and drop me a note. I'm always happy to chat, always happy to connect. One of, like I said, one of my favorite things is talking to people and seeing how I can help. Um, I want to be really clear. I don't sell. I don't believe in selling. I believe in having conversations and seeing if I'm the right person. So there is no obligation ever. It's just curiosity and seeing where things go. So if you if you need something, um, I love being able to help. So drop me a line and I'm happy to try. Fabulous. Well, that will again be linked everywhere for the listeners to reach out and connect with you. Thank you so, so much for joining the podcast. And I know that when you start your podcast, it's going to be fabulous. Yes. You, will be so... on my, you will be on my podcast too. <laughs> there we go. I'm very excited to uh, chat with you about that. Podcasting is so fun. Um, but yeah, no, I really appreciate you joining the podcast today, my podcast today, and look forward to having you back on. Thank you so much. I can't wait. Awesome. Hey, just before you go, don't forget to subscribe to the show so that you are the first to hear when an episode drops each week. And maybe leave a five-star review and a comment about how much you loved this episode. Plus, if you have someone in mind who would really enjoy this episode, make sure you share it with them. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next week.